right, Spirit fam, welcome to another episode of Follow Your Spirit. It's the first episode of 2017. I guess that is something to be celebrated. It's been a while since we've had the gang on, but unfortunately in the offseason, us doing a podcast means unfortunate news has been brought to the Washington (laughs) Spirit community. Uh, To my right, coming to us fresh this year is Monica Essenwein. Monica, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. And to my left, the staple on the Fall Your Spirit podcast and the contributor to SpiritCoverage.com, our game cap or game coverage writer, Jordan Small. Jordan, hello. Hello, welcome to 2017. 2017. Uh, you know, I hate. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. People are going to continue dying, uh, and Trump is still going to be president. Like that was not only a 20. That wasn't just a 2016 thing. Uh, people will continue dying, and Trump is still going to be, um, unfortunately, a uh, topic of conversation. Uh, okay, but to slightly worse news, uh, Crystal Dunn has, uh, has left the Washington Spirit to play for Chelsea. Is that right? Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. So, like, I don't think anybody is surprised. So I think this is... Um, we've had a lo- we've had long enough time to expect this, right? So going into the offseason, Jordan, you and I talked. We really didn't think there was going to be a whole lot of movement, at least not voluntarily by the players. Um, but there has been, and of course, the first one taking us all by a super- like true surprise and a huge slap in the face with Ali. Then there caught wind uh, that maybe Crystal was also shopping for places to play in Europe. And so I think we've all just been waiting. Uh, fingers crossed that it wasn't going to get there, but it did. I wasn't. I don't think any of us were surprised, but of course it's still disappointing. Um, let's. We obviously know this is a disappointment to the spirit. Let's look at this as a. What does this mean for Crystal's Dun, Crystal Dunn's career? Do we think is this the right move to go to Europe? Is this going to enhance her career? Jordan, we'll start with you. I think. Uh that it'll be a good change for her career. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily better competition or any of that, but I think it, a change of scenery, there's rumors that the um, environment wasn't the greatest right now in DC. So to get out in a year that doesn't have a major tournament, I think this is the right time for her to leave. And it sounds like she has the um, blessing of Jill Ellis. So, I think that this is the right move for her in this point in her career. Yeah. Monica, thoughts? Um, yeah, I think at some point um, that every player who wants to be on the national team, who wants to take their game to the next level, needs to have that European experience. And if you look across the board, um, U.S. women's national team, Canadian national team, most of the Mexican players, they've all played abroad. Um, Spain, Europe, uh, you know, Germany, France, everywhere. Um, it's that experience that's not just about their growth in the game uh, and playing in different um, formations, different um, ideologies of the game, but also that personal growth, the personal experience. Um, being away from home, growing as a person, growing as a, a player, um, it really... Um, there, there's truth to a lot of the rumors about the atmosphere. 
um, that was happening around the spirit, um, I saw it kind of dwindle and change as I went to trainings over the season and uh, got to interview some of the players. There was definitely definitely a shift in the wind. Um, so I think for Crystal, absolutely in her career, she's still young. And um, I think my biggest question with that was, what is going to be the, the thing with the national team? Because a lot of players, um, it seemed like playing in the NWSL, you had to in order to be looked at for the national team. So I think this is a huge move, not just for Crystal, and a great move for Crystal, but also um, interesting to see how it will play out with the national team and whether or not more national teamers will go over um, like Alex Morgan did. And I didn't know either if Crystal's was going to be a loan deal like Alex's or if she was just going to go-go. Yeah. Um, which I think was another kind of wait and see. You kind of knew she was going to go. And her going to England was a surprise over France because she spent a lot of time in France. There was talk of her going to Lyon or PSG. And then, like, all of a sudden, oh, she's in Chelsea, which breaks my Manchester United heart. But, I mean, I'd <laughs> rock your jer- I'd rock her jersey still. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think what's obviously different about this uh, news versus the Alley news is I feel like um, – I don't know. I feel like there's less bruising. Does that sound right? On this the- doesn't feel like a complete and utter betrayal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it and the alley deal seemed like it was really easy to look at the organization with a big WTF on our faces. And with the crystal with the crystal decision, it's like eh, that sucks. But you know, like I wish her the best. Not that I don't wish Ali the best, obviously, but. I think it's a little different also knowing that Ali is going to is being traded to competition while is Crystal's going to another league. I think that's also um, it feels different. Uh, so with Crystal leaving, Naren being traded, Benini uh, going elsewhere, that's a third of our regular season goals in 2016 leaving <laughs> the Spirit. Uh, Benini had five, Naren had three, Dunn had two. Um, uh, the, the biggest. Yeah, exactly. That had some serious uh, goals. Um, Jordan, I know you wrote about this um, for backline on who was who the Spear could expect to possibly step up. Looking at it from a goal scoring perspective, on like where we where can we can fill in those uh, the, that goal scoring? Where do you see uh, the most potential? Yeah. So <clears throat> right now, uh, Katie Stangle and Franny are over um, playing in the W League, and both are are kind of uh, lighting it up right now. Yeah, Katie, Katie Stangle has uh, five goals in eight games for Western Sydney, and Franny, who just got over there and has just started since the new year, um, has one goal in three games. So I think going forward, you'll see those two is, is the primary um, attack. And if DMath comes back, uh, I think that'll be your three for most of the uh, your front three for most of the year. I don't like that we keep keep seeing if with uh, with some of these players. <laughs> like I I don't like that we say if. Um, so friend, so Ortega is someone that I think is even though we know she's good, she's still sneaky good. Like she's still I think she's still better than when than we really even can conceive uh, in 2015. 
she got three goals uh, with a 63% shot on goal percentage. Uh, and now in 2015, only two goals with a 67% shot on goal percentage. If they can get her to take just even the slightly more potent uh, shot selection to where her some of her shots were soft, some of them were sort of right at the goalkeeper. If she can be a little bit more deliberate with with the placement of her shots, I uh, I think that she is going to have a phenomenal year in 2017, and she will definitely be a subject of one of my bold predictions this season. Um, maybe something of the Chris, uh, Christine Nairn light type prediction from last year. Um, I think that this is a great opportunity for Shayna Williams also to step up. Like I think that that just with Benini and Dunn leaving, that just gives a little bit more wiggle room for Shayna to get more more looks, more minutes. Uh, and I think that we've been waiting for her to like really come out. She got three goals in 2016. Like that's that's mm-hmm. nothing to sneeze at. You know, she had a good year uh, for someone that you know got less than a thousand minutes over the uh, the course of the season. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the spirit adapts because we do know the spirit are so deep um, that it's just it's just sort of next woman up, right? Um, so unfortunately, we're losing Crystal Dunn. We obviously wish her the best, and we'll be keeping track of her, and we'll welcome her with big, wide arms when she's ready to come back uh, to the NWSL, should she choose to ever want to come back and play in D.C. Let's talk about where other people are going to end up playing. Uh, Jordan, I f- my heart fell for you, because uh, I know how excited you were to, to also do some coverage of Western New York this season, uh, since you were going to attending college near there, but... Western New York Flash going to North Carolina. I, this took me by surprise because I didn't know that that was a thing that was possibly happening. That North Carolina. No was. one did. Okay, well I'm glad I'm not alone. I was. I'm glad. I'm, I'm like, man, I'm always last to find these things out. I'm glad I'm not alone. Mon- Monica, what was your initial thoughts hearing about the move? Um. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there was talk about North Carolina getting a team, and that's that's not a surprise. Um. They had one in the original WUSA. They had one WPS. The fact that they didn't have one going into um, the NWSL was kind of a shock for me um, with how big, uh, you know, UNC is and their their soccer programs there. Uh, it seemed like North Carolina not having a team didn't make sense. But they never really had the numbers in draw um, that, like, UNC does. Um, nobody ever touches Portland, clearly, uh, that they're just way out there, and, and kudos to uh, their fans out there. Um, but they they really didn't draw a whole lot um, for as much of a hotbed, it seems to be, um, for soccer down there. So, And to have Western New York leave, and leave Shady, like, that's shady. To do that, first off, you didn't even have a, a championship celebration for your fans. Yeah. Um, which is horrible, because those fans are some of the best fans in the league. Um, and I feel for them right now, because I thought that we as Spirit fans were having a cruddy, cruddy offseason. But at least, well, sometimes I wish Bill would sell the team, but that's different. Uh, that's a whole different scenario. Um, but... 
like they just sold it and just left. Like this totally, as someone who grew up in a family of Browns fans, this rings all too <laughs> close to home. And it's like, wow, you really just, they're never going to get that celebration. And that's so sad. And it's going to be interesting to see with all the LGBTQ legislation that North Carolina has for maybe we'll have two teams that don't have pride nights in the NWSL. Yeah, that's a really and, good point. Um, so that's that's definitely going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I just I feel horrible for the Western New York fans. Um that, that just really sucks. On the other side of that, kudos to the league for making moves. Um, the organization was not really well run. The whole fiasco with the field last year, yeah. like that's not going to happen in Carolina. Um, you know, I think it's a good move for the league. I think it's the right move, especially for that particular team with how badly they were being run. Um, sucks for the fans, but I think uh, overall it's it's a better move. Um, and that way it brings in new blood, but not in the form of having to have an expansion team, which I think also is a bit, is, is a big thing. So we, we didn't have to do a whole thing with expansion, but yet we still get a new team and there's not much thing, not much that has to be shifted or changed, um, league wide wise. Yeah. Do you know, Jordan, do you, uh, do you know where Western New York Flash fell in the home average attendance uh, for the league? I think <clears throat> I think they were near the bottom. I Sky Blue and Boston might be the two below them. They were either like three or four on the list. They're, it was not good. <laughs> they're fifth. Really. In 2016, they had an average of 3,868 people at their home attendance. That's more than the Washington Spirit. That's That's more than Boston, FC Kansas City, Chicago, and Sky Blue. I don't think that's right. We we usually had 3,000 at least. Yeah, I mean, they they had the Spirit at 3,782. That's, I mean, I'm just looking at what the, the NWSL stat sheet, so... Um, but it could also be what they sold and not necessarily who actually showed up. Sure. Because I'm, I know that there are some teams out there that that's how they do their attendance, yeah. so... Either way, the numbers yeah, the, the numbers it make it way. appear that the that they are, you know, the organization may have been sloppy, but it was semi-successful. The question is, and this is a question I have for you, Jordan, do you think that the UNC soccer crowd will automatically accept an NWSL team in and transfer over that soccer fandom? Well, um, I think that they're in a good area for um, North Carolina. They're in Cary. Uh, it's not necessarily like the closest to UNC. I think it's actually they'll get a lot of Duke fans to draw in there, but I think that um, <clears throat> women's soccer is really popular in that area, and I think it'll be really helpful that it's in that that area because they are really passionate about their 
or soccer down there. And I think it'll definitely help, especially with it being like such a last minute move. I mean, we're three months before the season started and they're just kind of like springing this up. So I think it'll help for sure. Yeah. Talking about, uh, talking about average attendance, uh, attendance for the league uh, between 2015 and 2016 grew by 500 people at the oh, average, yeah. average per game. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Do we think, and this was this was one of the questions, so, so let's talk about two of the questions that I saw um, sort of surrounding this move. The first one would be, uh, we touched on it a little bit, like, would there be a Pride Night? What about HB2 being a thing? Um, like, is will the NWSL thrive in a culture that um, that seems to not like people that typically attend uh, NWSL games? Uh, do we think this is going to be an issue, or because they're in this pocket of a little bit more around Duke and UNC that um, they're going to be a little bit more protected from that? Jordan? I think at the end of the day um, that they'll probably be okay. Uh, I don't think that the organization itself is going to be downright nasty about it. There has been um, things that I've seen through, uh, I believe, the Carolina Railhawks, which is the men's side of the organization, um, that they've been really trying to uh, do pro-inclusion events. So I think that's really going to help in the fact that they are in that pocket of a little bit more liberal area of North Carolina. Monica? Um, It's Woso. We're going to roll up whether you want us to or not. Like, that's just going to happen. I think, you know, with what the AACC did um, with pooling the championships with what it, college teams and their their leagues and things have already done there. I think the NWSL is going to protect it a little bit. I would hope so, anyhow. And um, like Jordan said, it, with the Railhawks, I don't think the organization is going to be um, Bill Lynch-ish, apparently. Um, and that should help. Um as long, I think as long as the the fans don't feel unwelcome, they should be fine. Yeah. As long as the organization is open and treats the players and the fans well, there shouldn't be an issue. Um, and I think the team, the team that they have going there as well, um, that's a group of great players. Um, clearly, they took everyone by surprise this season. Um, so I think that's going to help too. They may not be the biggest names in the game, but having those players and their presence on social media and, um, the area they're in, um, I think it should, it should be okay. I'm hoping it's okay. Uh, okay. And then, so the, the other question coming around this move, um, I'm trying to do, uh, I'm quickly trying to do my, uh, Research here. Uh, we got Rutgers University. Uh, so that's that's a little bit shorter. So, like, does this create the possibility for a secondary rival team 
technically, Sky Blue is closer, you know, driving-wise by an hour. I'm not quite sure about uh, distance, but um, I don't know. It, could this make games a little more interesting on the East Coast? Could they create a little bit more rivalry? Monica, what do you think? Um, I think the NWSL may try to push this Washington-North Carolina rivalry, um, which would be fine. I'd take it. Um, probably, and I would assume they would push this one a little bit more because it is the former Western New York, and they did just have an amazing final. Yeah. <laughs> it's still too soon to talk about. Um and so I, I could conceive and see that the NWSL may try to push that. Um, but I also think that because from the other leagues, that that's kind of already there a little bit. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, if it's going to be Washington or if Orlando is going to have that rivalry with uh, North Carolina. Mm. Um, Jordan, so, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was saying, Jordan, are there rivalries in NWSL? I'm like, I mean, let's be real. Like, when a team roll other than Portland and Seattle, is there ever a time, like, when a team rolls in, are there two teams that just, like, really have bad blood for each other? Like, when I think of rivals, I, th- I don't know why I can't think of it. Like, I think, what, Packers and Bears... I think, uh, I don't know, someone give me a hockey one. I'm not really good at hockey. Penguins and Flyers. There we go. Yeah. I, I know that those are teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that is Man, a bloodbath. Man U and City. Like, you know, let's, uh, I think of rivalries. Does that really exist in NWSL? And can well, they cultivate one through scheduling? I don't think that they can cultivate one through scheduling. That does not work. Yeah. Um, but... I think that the rivalries that we do see aren't played enough because you see Portland, um, Spirit, Spirit, Seattle, those, if they played more or it didn't take all the uh, cross-country travel to get to, yeah. those are great games every single time those teams play. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I think that those are unforced rivalries that we're – are going to see grow as the league grows, and it's really exciting to kind of see those develop. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap up here um, with uh, with one big question. Now the now with the information that we do have with another teammate leaving, um, will the spirit just based on what you know, will the spirit make the playoffs in twenty seventeen, Monica? Um. Yeah, I'd like to say we still do. I, I don't think we'll take one or two. I think we may backdoor and come in fourth, or maybe third. But, um, yes, it's huge to lose Allie, obviously. She's the heart and soul of that team. It's huge to lose Nairn, who's also a heart and soul of that team, and Crystal, whose obvious firepower power is there, and Oyster. But and Jordan and I... <laughs> but I think, I think we'll be fine. Um, I think we'll be right on the brink of, of the playoffs. Um. Yeah, I don't really see us having a huge, huge drop off. Yeah, we're too talented for that. We're too deep for that, and Jim built it that way on purpose. Jordan, I think we're losing names, and that scares people. So I think it'll be like 
three, four, or five. That's where I'm going to go in that range. We're going to finish there. Yeah. See, so here's the thing. I think Benini and Nairn were when it, when I think of um, our success in 2016 over the whole year. Benini and Nairn seem like bigger losses than Dunn and Ali, and not because they're more talented with it, because we just saw more of them, right? Because with the Olympic break and stuff like that, Ali of course came back early. She had huge goals. Dunn both had huge goals. No one yell at me on Twitter like I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, the point, the point being, is we lost, we lost our national team players on for Canada and U.S. and we we did we won three out of four games. So I think that every loss we get is upsetting, but we still haven't dug deep enough into the roster to feel like we're any worse of a team. Um, you know, it's there's. Star players are star players for a reason. They play well under pressure. They bring a lot of experience. They bring a lot of leadership. We definitely lost leadership. Um, not all of it, but significant uh, characters in our leadership. But until you tell me that at that uh, that Dmath, Loman, LeBay, Cali, Shayna, Stangle—I mean, I can name. Unless you tell me another three, four of those names are gonna are moving. I still don't believe that that we are not a playoff team next year. Uh, one more question, just because I thought of it, and I think it's fun. Uh, now, considering who's still on the roster, who do you think steps up? At who's who's the next star? Who's the star for the Washington Spirit in 2017? Jordan, Katie Stengel, Monica. Uh, damn, yeah, Stengel's a good one. Uh, I'd say Houston. I think Houston's going to step up in a big way. I couldn't think. I couldn't figure out if I wanted to say Houston or Ordega. So since you're going to Houston, I'm going to go Ordega. I think that she rocks seven plus goals uh, next year. Notice how my notice how my numbers dropping. Last year was double digits. Next year I'm going to be like, look, I bet someone's going to get at least three goals. Everybody, at least three. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica Jordan, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Hopefully, the next time we talk will be after the draft, if for good reasons. <laughs> um, but I, we do plan on doing a post-draft uh, analysis on who we picked up. I thought about doing a pre-draft one, but just the spirit just does not have enough picks in the right places, I think, for us to really uh, delve too deep into it. Is it consensus on that? Yeah, that works. Yeah, okay, so we'll meet up again uh, after the draft. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me, and hopefully... Hopefully this is the end of the the rough news. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That would be nice. Fingers crossed.